I'm in the kitchen, you in the kitchen. You ain't cooking up. We cooking up, chopping up. D King. Lay down. Trap side, rap side, Don and the King. Gonna do it. We gonna do it. Chop it up. Peace, peace, peace. And welcome back to Chopping It Up with the Conduit. This is season four, episode three. And tonight's special guest is MC, producer, entrepreneur, and member of Tupac's The Outlaws, Edie Amin, Edie the Don, will be joining us tonight. Um, all thanks to my tribe, you know, my executive producer, Mika Sunga, you're the best. Graphics and promo, Mr. Mad Urgency Myron. <clears throat> On video, Adam7x. And shout out to D-King and Bink the Monster, who produced our intro for Chopping It Up with the Conduit. Um, we are available on all uh, streaming platforms from SoundCloud to AudioMac, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, make sure y'all subscribe, share, rate, comment. We are uh, currently at 2,100 plus subscribers. Um, remember, we started this in 2020 and... I want to thank y'all for continuously um, being here with us and enjoying our guest. Um, a huge thank you to our family and sponsors, uh, Grown Fresh NYC. Um, this is definitely one of my favorites, uh, Fly Immigrants. You can hit their IG page. <clears throat> uh, Street Fatigues and So What's the Scenario Hip-Hop Card Game. Um, you can find them on our website at choppingituppodcast.com. And um, it's just recently be, been revamped. So, you know, y'all go visit the site. We have uh, all our episodes on there. You can actually uh, listen and watch and um, get caught up to, you know, most of the guests we have from uh, Pete Rock to Farrell Monch, Fonte of Little Brother and uh, Foreign Exchange, um, Shabazz Palaces. Um, we even have Rome Streets, the Young Rome Streets. Uh, before he signed with Griselda, so on and so forth. So we're in season four now, and um, tonight's special guest is uh, Tupac's The Outlaws member, Idi Amin. Um, I never thought I'd be uh, interviewing one of the outlaws in, in, in my lifetime. Um, I just want y'all to understand that this uh, actual interview, we're not going to uh, pretty much rehash you know, the past, because I know we all somewhat know the story since it's been told over and over and over again. And of course, I was just speaking about him. Y'all say what's up to the to the legend himself, Edie Amin. He has just joined and I'm about to bring him in. Legend. Hey. <laughs> Finally. We up in here. Yes, we are up in here. How are you this evening? Or should I say afternoon? Yeah. Yeah, it's afternoon out here in L.A., man. I'm good, man. I'm, I can't complain at all, man. Life is good. Indeed. Yo, Edie, I, you know, I, I, I really appreciate you for, you know, doing this, you know, this solid for me, man. I, I never thought I would be in this space, you know, to talk to you. And, um, you know, your history and your background in this, you know, music industry is extensive. Um, I just want to thank you for giving us the time tonight. Oh, man, it's all love. Thanks for having me, man. 
All right, so here at Chopping It Up with the Conduit, you know, I like to give my guests, you know, a nice intro. So if you don't mind, can I go ahead and give you a, a, a nice one? Hey, man, I ain't complaining. Go ahead. I'm all ears. All right, let's get busy. All right, um, this gentleman we have tonight on Chopping Up with the Conduit is an MC first and foremost, but a heavy producer in this culture and who gave us such hits as Outlaws Worldwide, Tupac Resurrection, Loyal to the Game, The Stash Plot, plus so much more. He's a member of Tupac's The Outlaws, and he's an entrepreneur by definition, and showing us that health is the new wealth. Please welcome the legend, Mr. Idi Amin. Hey, man, I appreciate Round of applause for that, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Salute. Thank you, thank you. So um, I want to start it off because, you know, I know most of the people know that, you know, reside in the West and from the outside looking in and most who don't know that, you know, you were born in New York. So uh, if you don't mind me asking, you know, what were your early childhood memories of living in a tri-state area? Oh, man, it's crazy, man. I, um, I just recently did a post on my page about my, my move when I eventually moved from New York City. But like I said in my post, man, I was surrounded by a lot of love, man. I, I come from a really big family, man. And so my family spread out all across the five boroughs. And, you know, summertime was all about, you know, getting together and barbecues in the park. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to live it, to grow up in a place called Coney Island, which is right next to the, you know, the Atlantic Ocean. And I literally... Yeah a stone's throw away from the, from the beach, man. And we went to the beach a lot as kids, man. And so um, it was the ghetto though, you know what I mean? And it was it was, yeah. it was crackheads and, and shootings and robberies and the whole shit. But because of, you know, my nucleus and the, and the, and the love that I was surrounded by, I, did, I never felt like I lived in the ghetto until I moved out of it and mm. seen other people live. And then I was like, oh shit. Yeah, shit, shit, was, uh, shit was different where we was at. So when you moved out of uh, Coney Island, being as though you were born in Kings County, so it, it, it automatically fits the title, you feel what I'm saying? Is that where you started seeing the difference? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because I moved from a place which was the total opposite on the surface. Yeah. Moved to a, I moved to a place called Minnesota. You know, uh -huh. my mom first told me we was moving to Minnesota. I thought we was moving to Canada. Oh, I wow. thought Minnesota was in Canada. I didn't know yeah. it was. Eight. And so she literally had to show me and my brother on the map, all right, this is where we're going. And, you know, when we got there, it was, uh, you know, predominantly white. Um, you know what I mean? Um, we we uh, we were around a lot of, uh, you know, middle class, upper middle class people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But right across the street from where we moved was, you know, some projects. Right. You know what I mean? And a lot of a lot of the, the, the kids that I went to school with who, who were my friends lived in those projects. You know what I mean? And so I spent a lot of time in those projects and you know what I mean? Um mm -hmm. find out Minnesota had a lot of the same the same ills that was plaguing and plaguing Brooklyn. They had right there in St. Paul and Minneapolis, gang banging, yeah. drug addiction, so on and so forth. So we can just pretty much say that that's in all fifty states that, you know, everybody deals with their certain you know demographic correct this is america man you know yeah. what i mean this is america you know what i mean caris once said a long time ago cocaine business controls america and it's a fact you know what i mean illegal business you know hmm. 
And it's a large where, part of the economy wonder, in this country. They wonder where we learn it from. Right. But I won't say yeah. nothing about that. We're we not here for that, right? <clears throat> we get it honest like the old folks say, man. We get it honest. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, I want to jump back a little bit into, you know, your childhood because I understood in uh, third grade you became uh, friends with a certain Qatari Cox. I guess you were introduced to him, you know, by your mother and his mother since they were close friends. Shout and out to one of my OGs, Big Serge, checking in, man. I just want to send him a shout out. I just seen him come. It's all up. good. It's all um, good. That's what you're supposed to I do. Know where you got? I know where you got that information from, and that's incorrect. You know me. All right, so Qatari that's why Cox. I asked. Me and Katari Cox, along with um, Yafeo Fuller and Tupac Shakur, you mm. know, grew up together from childhood, like kids, like babies. You know, our parents were friends before we were born you know what i mean so, so you were so basically if you don't mind me i'm pardon me for cutting your wisdom you so you were growing up you were basically part of the movement indirectly indirectly you know okay. because my family my, my side of the family real quick my side of the family was more you know um on the on the street side and working side mm -hmm. you know uh, of the movement they weren't necessarily panthers by um you know by indoctrination they didn't get indoctrinated but by the panthers but they were supportive of the movement you know what i'm saying a lot of yeah. uh a lot of times you know um my people with you know high people or you know hold people down while they were on the run the whole shit so you know what i mean it, it definitely was um an affiliation but again i was very very young during this period of time you know what i mean right. so i'm talking about you know babies literally and okay. um yeah, so, you know, to answer your question, yeah. Well, let's fast forward a little bit, because before EDI, there was Big Malcolm, correct? Correct. Let's let's talk about Thoroughheads and um, Young Thugs. Was that your first foray into, you know, into music? Well, I kind of got, you know, I kind of got started early, man. I started in hip-hop, um, actually recording and, and making my own songs when I was about 13, 14 years old, man, because mm -hmm. my uncle you know, um, had, had took an interest in, in my talent. You know, he heard me rap and he was like, yo, you got to do something with that. What do you, you know, what you going to do with your life? And I was very clear at a young age what I wanted to do. So he was like, all right, well, we're going to make it happen. You know what I'm saying? He was a hustler, you know what I mean? And he had extra cash. And so he would book studio time for me and get me in the studio at a young age while I would record, you know, songs and started doing demos. And so that's when I really got, into it and started taking it seriously and then at the same time you know of course tupac's career was starting to take off and he also had the same aspirations from a young age you know what i mean yeah. you know he heard about uh he heard about my talent from from qatari cox castro which was yes yeah, castro yes first, first cousin you know Kay told him about me like yo you know mal got skills you know what i mean she was like all right so put some songs together and send it to me you know what I mean? Um, I got the money together to, to, to go in the studio and did like a six, seven song demo. I wrote a verse for Castro because he wasn't a rapper. He, he Castro never wanted to rap. Right. Uh, Pac heard it and was like, yo, you graduate high school, you come to Cali and get your career started. We're going to do this. We're going to do it together. And uh, he kept his word. So who were, so, you know, so who were some of your influences, if you don't mind me asking? Like, who were some major influences on you? Man, I'm I'm a hip hop connoisseur, man. So I really was influenced by everything that was that was 
coming out at that time. I listened to a wider range of hip hop from, you know, Public Enemy to Ghetto Boy, mm. the NWA to, you know, DOC and, you know, all the greats, man. I, yeah. I you know, love the music and the culture. I come from it. Yeah, you do, you definitely a, a, a child of the culture because uh, it show and proves. Um, I want to ask because, you know, between 92 to 95, you know, this is a time period where, you know, you were featured on Flex, you know, to appearing on Me Against the World and Outlaw. Um, did you know at that time in rap, you were a part of, you know, one of the most powerful movements in music? Um, you know, at the time, uh, it felt it felt like, the, you know, felt like Pac was always, you know, to us, he was underrated. You know what I'm saying? Even before he quote unquote blew up, you know what I mean? To us, he was already that guy. You he know was that guy. The game just wasn't hit to him yet. You know what I mean? And so, right. you know, being being affiliated, so closely affiliated with him, everything felt like, you know, not a struggle, but like we was we was grinding. You know what I mean? We was yeah. we was grinding. It wasn't like it was all good and everything was super um super popping and lovely you know what i mean so at the time you didn't really have time to really look around and be like yeah we made it nigga. you know what i mean because right Ronnie, you know what i mean was tunnel, you was on tunnel vision right now yeah i mean shit is you know we at war it was literally like being at war a lot of the time mm. all right so um let's say okay 1995 you know outlaw immortals was formed and tupac donned you the alias idi amin you know and that's after the ugandan president for people who do, you know, do not know, you know, why that particular alias? And did you feel you shared some of the same ideologies as that president? Well, the idiot, I mean, um, you know, Monica came because first physical, you know what I'm saying? Um, I was a big dude, dark skin, you know, and then I had an aggressive rap style. My, my mm -hmm. style back then was, was very aggressive and so, it just fit you know i like to say the name chose me i didn't choose it choose it yeah yeah okay i always wanted to ask that question because you know every time it's usually in interviews they're always asking about that fatal day which you and i always talk you know we talked about in the background that we're not gonna harp on tonight you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. because i understand that there is the past but then I also want to make sure that we continue to move forward. You know what I'm saying? If you don't. Gotcha. But, so that's why I had to ask that question. So, you know, you first appeared on some of Tupac's most memorable songs, you know, Trading War Stories, you know, When We Ride, Thug Passion, and even Hit Em Up. You know, can you take us through some of those sessions? Man, every session for me was like, you know, um, a, 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 another chance to learn how to be a professional recording artist and not just a rapper, you know what I mean? It, there's a difference, you know what I mean? When I started to, when, when we when we got to death row is when I got, aside from seeing Tupac, who was absolutely a professional recording artist. And when I say professional, I mean, when they go in the studio, they know exactly what they want to do. Not throwing paint on the wall. Right. And something pretty comes out, you know what I mean? And so when we got to death row, that's when, you know, me personally, I started to, to notice that you know there's a there's a there's an art to this shit and there's a um a certain um you know skill set and dedication that comes along comes with being you know actual viable artists that people are gonna go out and purchase your product and go to your shows and buy your merch and shit like that it ain't just about you know going up in there and kicking a bunch of freestyles.
Well, okay, bet. So, um, you know, if 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 you don't mind, I wanted to, you know, kind of ask him a little bit of some personal questions, but uh, I'm not going to name certain things. But uh, you know, living through the trauma of losing uh, one of your closest friends, but then along with you know, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I was about to, you know, say, you know, you know, members of the outlaws, and then you know, peers within the game. You know, how does that uh, affect your 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 mental, if you don't mind me asking? Hmm. I don't really know, man. I can't even tell you, man. I, I I've never, you know, been to a to a therapist as of yet. You know, even though I have given given it some thought. Um, so I don't really know how it, how it affect me. Probably the people that you know live with me and deal with me and gotta put up with me can answer that question better than I could. Right. Well, you know, my, my reason why is because, you know, I wanted to ask how are you doing? Because, you know, for the most part, like I said, most interviews, we can go from Vlad to so on and so forth. You know, they're always asking you to repeat, you know, that faithful night. You know what I'm saying? And you literally been repeating that for 25 plus years. You know what I'm saying? And I can understand that can be, you know, uh, exhausting talking about death. You understand? You know what I'm saying? So that's yeah. why I'm, I, I personally wanted to ask you, you know, how are you doing? Because they don't ask you that in the interviews, bro. They always want to go to the next question of, you know what I'm saying? Nah, they don't. You know what I mean? And that's a fact. And, you know, um, this doesn't make them bad people or anything like that, but they don't yeah. care. You right. know what I mean? They don't care. You know what I mean? It's not really about necessarily how I feel. And that's okay. Because I know, you know, I, I know what, and, and I know what and how I feel and why I feel the way I feel. So real quick, I got a real, I've had to deal with death so much. Yeah. I, I did as much as I could to understand it and, and come up with a real, a real understanding of the process of, of death. You know what I mean? From life yeah. to, you know what I mean? And so my, my take on death now at this point in 2022 is a lot different than it was in 1996 yeah and so on and so forth i understand right. why death ha has to happen i understand um that we all choose the day we get up out of here whether we know it or not Fact. you know what I mean? and so um i also don't look at death as necessarily a bad thing anymore you know what i mean it's a part of the process it's something that's ine inevitable I've lost the fear of dying, you know what I mean? And when you lose the fear of dying, a certain freedom comes comes along with that. And you'll start to live your life a lot differently. And that's what happened with me. You know what I mean? That's that's one of the things that, you know, if you look at me now and you say, wow, he looks a lot different than he did yeah, 25 yeah, years ago. Yeah. It's because it literally started with me understanding to embrace death. Mm embrace death and appreciate it and understand that it is a part of the process so you better live each and every one of these motherfuckers you got like it's your last okay but i mean uh that was that's a beautiful answer and um I, i'm i'm glad that you explained that to me because like i said you know nobody usually ever asks you know what i'm saying and not to say that they're supposed to but you know for me and how i care about my people you know before i, I wanted to ask you that because Every instance, it was always that day, or that's a what great happened point. with this member. So, and and I understand they're doing their job, but at the same time, you know, as, as a black man, I think 
you know, we should ask each other how we're doing. You know what I'm saying? Because we've been through so much. 100%. If you feel what I'm saying? So we all deal with a little bit of PTSD. True indeed. True indeed. So, you know, so that's funny that you said that because my, my, my next question was, you know, you know, how do you cope with any kind of PS, PTSD that you've been dealing with for the past 25 plus years? I, I know you said that, you know, you haven't, um, you know, seen a therapist or anything, but I guess it's more so your family members that, that, that help you, you know, I guess, push forward. I mean, to a certain extent, you know what I mean? But my family members got to deal with a lot of the same pain that I got to deal with too. So they're dealing with it in their own way. But you know, we started this interview and y'all seen what I was doing at the start of the interview. You know what I'm saying? So I'm a big supporter and believer in the cannabis plant as a medicinal um, component to dealing with PTSD. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So I self-medicated and I've self-medicated for a lot of years, even though at the beginning, I didn't know that's what I was doing. Fact. You know what I mean? Once I started to do the knowledge on cannabis and what it's really bringing to the table on how to use it properly, then I started to self-medicate properly. You know what I mean? And really use it for what is needed and not overuse it and not abuse it. And you know what I'm saying? To the point where it's um it's sapping my inspiration. It's keeping me from handling my business. You know what I mean? That's when the plant becomes a problem. You know what I mean? So you do got to know how to handle it. You got to know what strains work best for you. It's not just about rolling up and just you know, burning it down all day. Thank you. So that's Thank what you. I used to do a lot. I ain't gonna lie. That's what I used to, we all did that a lot. You know what I'm saying? Right. But we didn't know why we were doing it. We didn't know what we were doing too. You know what I'm saying? And I remember a Jamaican cat, rest in peace, Itav Joe, who, uh, who, uh, you know, guest appeared on a lot of, a lot of records with us, most yes. notably, Hail yes, Mary. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace, Itav Joe. We were smoking weed. We was having a session one day and we was burning it down. And he looked at he looked at me and he said, "My you, you smoking weed too fast. Mm. You smoke fast. Take your time. Slow down. I can't really get the patois like he was doing it, but he I feel you. It. I feel you. He kicked it to me so cold. It, that's you know, it made me look at it a little differently because we was just yeah, you know, on to the next one, on back to the next one, in a whole nother, on a whole nother vibe. You know what I mean? Right." Oh, that's peace, man. I, I, I appreciate that that input. Um, I want to take it a bit to a music because there's an album that you put out, which I feel was uh personal, you know, to me. Hope Dealer One and Two. Mm-hmm. You know, why the name of that and what were you going through at that time period in your life? Man, the, the album, the Hope Dealer, definitely, especially part one, is very personal. Um, I recorded that album while I was living in a studio mm. for closure, you know what I mean? That's why I was living. I was my residence, you know what I mean? So um, it was at a real, you know, one of them points in your life where, you know, you're back against the wall and, you know what I mean, either you're going to swim or drown. Mm. And so I had to, you know, I had the studio. I had no engineer, but I had a studio, you know what I mean? And I had a place to work, and I just recorded music that um, – I needed to record to give me hope. You know what I'm saying? The hope dealer yeah. was about first giving myself some hope and then sharing the music and hopefully it can give other people hope. Yeah, I had I had to ask about that because those are um some, that was some great music, but I wanted to know, you know, the thinking behind that. Yeah. Um let's 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 stick to the music because um y- you know, you have some heavy production credits on your resume. <laughs> and um, you know, 
I want to know which of the two do you favor more, uh, writing or producing, or do you have an equal amount for both? Man, you know, I would look at it like, you know, um, dating two women. Mm. You know what I mean? It's, uh, they both bring something to the table that you enjoy, but one of them is just, one of them is just the one that's just like, that's, and so that would be rapping for me. You know, I started as an MC, I started as a writer, you know, mm -hmm. I'm writing stories, short stories, poetry, to eventually music. So I'm a, I'm definitely a, um, a rapper first, but I can produce, I can make beats. Yeah, that's why I said, you know, I, I, when I was, you know, doing some digging and then I noticed some of the credits, I was like, oh, this, this man has some, you know, heavy pieces under his belt. So, I, you know, that's why I had to ask, which, you know, which of the two. But, of course, you know, you started out, you know, with the rhymes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Man, I wanted to be, I wanted to be, like, my goal was to be, like, how Daz was for Snoop and the Pound. I mm. wanted to be that us, you know what I mean? That was my goal. So, when we got to death row, I was the main one always fucking with the drum machines, the keyboards and shit like that, almost to the point where, you know what I mean, like, Hogging the engineers be like, Edie, I ain't okay, okay. You know what I mean? We gotta, we gotta make some music now. You over there right. take. But I naturally, you know, took a took an interest to the production side because I wanted to fill that role for the for the squad. Mm. Didn't have a producer. We had Johnny J, but we didn't have like a, you know what I'm saying, in the camp outlaw producer. I, I, okay, I want to ask you this one question because I, I I don't know if it's true, but I heard it in the news. But I wanted to hear it from you. Okay. Um, will there be a, a, a biopic on the Outlaws? Is there one in, in, in the works, or is you know something in the thinking of that? I wouldn't say a biopic. You know, what I mean, that's more like a movie. But there's something in the works. Yeah, there's something we're working on. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh man. Okay. Oh. Oh. Okay. I'm, I'm. I'm excited about that. As long as I know that you're behind we it, because. You know, usually I, I notice that they put out, you know, everybody puts out these certain versions of biopics and movies and things of that nature, but it doesn't usually add up. You know what I'm saying? But I had to hear it from the horse's mouth. So thank you for sharing that information. I want it. Stay tuned. All right, I got I to gotta ask you about uh, this gentleman that you and I have in common. And uh, this gentleman amazes me. Um, he goes by the name of uh, Doughboy, a.k.a. Uh, Doe Networks. Peace to my brother Doe if you out there. Um, mm -hmm. how, did, how, how did the both of you hook up? Man, you know what? Life is amazing, man. You know, um, at the time, uh, we had just came off of doing, uh, finishing up All Eyes on Me, the movie. Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, LT Hutton is, is a long time partner and, and uh, collaborator, collaborator of mine and the Outlaws and, and Tupac. From, from the death row days. Shout out to LT Hutton. We done did plenty of records together. Indeed. A lot of things. And um, you know what I'm saying? Uh we, we would hang out together a lot of times with our ladies and whatnot. And you know what I'm saying, do these little, you know, parties and get together and dinners and and, and one night um Doughboy's uh wife came through with him. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um she had new uh LT Hutton's wife and you know what I'm saying and and we just developed a rapport long story short you know I, I just um we just vibe it's just yeah, something coming to your life and y'all just have a vibe and he's just Fact. 
you know, just a solid dude. And he had just came home, man. He had just, yeah. you know what I mean, came back home. And he was talking about, you know, um, hip-hop and, you know, what he wanted to do in it. And, and one of the things that it just struck me, his his taste was was not typical West Coast. Right. Taste in music and his taste in beats, man. And so we started, you know, chopping it up and, and talking about doing some things, but we didn't do anything right off the bat. Um, he would just recommend music to me. And one person he recommend that I listen to to this day is Larry June. Thousands. Mm. 18, 17, he was telling me about Larry back then, like, bro, big bro, you need to check this out, check tap one. Tap in, tap in. And so when I said, I said, damn, he got a good ear for music. Yeah. And this brother got a good ear for this shit, man. You yeah, know, I thought he was a rapper, dog. I thought he was a rapper. Yo, I thought the same way because him and I connected through uh through the homie uh Flea Lord. You know what I'm saying? And him and I just started building on, you know, some stuff on on, on that on the outside of things, and like dude's energy is just, it's just it's crazy, man. And, and and his his fervor and his thirst for the music is just on on, on some other shit, you know, uh, you know, because I want to ask you, because you know, let's segue into you know the One Nation project because that's one of the first things that he tapped into me, you know, with uh, about y'all, you know what I'm saying? So. I remember his first inception when, you know, One Nation was going down. You know, what made you want to carry on the torch of that idea, especially with the new MCs who you felt Pac may have wanted to vibe with? Yeah, well, again, let's go back to, you know, Doughboy, man. Um, me and him had just finished working on one of my other solo projects, OG Part, I mean, OG Part 2 Classes in a Session. Yes. And he basically a and would that whole project. With me, and so from that right there, it was it was it was a connection. Like we knew we was going to continue to work together. We just didn't know what we was going to do. Hmm. He hit me one day. He said, "Big bro, what's up with the One Nation album?" And I was like, you know, basically like ain't nothing up with that. You know what I mean? That shit is on. You said it's on YouTube. You can go listen to that right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. We can't finish that. You know what I mean? That that's that's left the way it is. And so he was like, you know, but you know, what about doing a One Nation project, same concept, but you know, just just do it our way, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I was like, okay, you know, hit hit my partner, Young Noble, up, shot the idea to him. He was like, we was both kind of like, ah, right, let's see, let's let's see, you know yeah. what I mean? Something, something to think about. And so we got started, you know what I mean? And once we got started, you know, um, the ball got the rolling. But to answer your question. Um, you know that again. That's that's Doughboy. You know what I'm saying. That's just that's just a, a credit to his talent and his foresight and his love for the shit that he's always, you know, what I mean, kind of thinking outside the box. And that's what you know. Um, that's what we need. And that's why I'm glad to you know be in business with the guy. Facts, man. I, I, I'm. You need more people right. like him in the business. Yeah, de de definitely. Um, it, it's it's definitely hard to identify with you know certain genuine aspects you know when people want to make sure they I, I guess you could say really want to make sure you do well you feel what i'm saying and i always get that energy from talking with doe so you yeah. know if it wasn't for doe I, I wouldn't have been introduced to you and young noble and i wouldn't have been yeah. you know a little bit a part of you know the rolling out of one nation i didn't think in my lifetime you know what i'm saying that's something that 
I would be a part of. So, uh, you know, first and Shout foremost. Shout out to old man 80s, man. Dope producer. Yeah, that's the man. homie. In here. You know what I mean? He's another brother that uh, I, I met through Doughboy. Yeah. We worked on OG too. You know what I mean? He did one of my favorite records on there, man. A record with me and Burner. Mm. You know? Yeah, y'all go check that one out on OG. OG yeah, peace to old man. That's the homie. We've been following each other for a few years now. I didn't know that y'all two were connected, though. Yeah, yeah, through Doughboy. That's that. All right. That's what it that is. Doughboy connection, man. Doughboy network. Facts. Facts. Um, so from all the experiences that you have lived through, you know, what are some things that you have learned and would like to teach up and coming rappers? Mm, that's a great question, man. You know, I I I'm a firm believer in that experience is the best teacher. You know what I mean? I can uh you know, I could tell you what I've been through and, and tell you my story, but everybody's story is unique to their own experience. And so um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't call it advice, man. I just say, you know, study. You know what I mean? The best mm -hmm. thing you can do is just study the ones that came before you and, and um, don't, don't accept an attitude that you, you know, you know it all already because it's, everybody can learn something. And right. so learn from the ones that came before you. You could just watch and pay attention, man. And then at the end of the day, experience is the best teacher. Just jump in that shit with, with the right intentions and you'll learn what you need to learn, I guarantee you. My man, EDI, I thank you for that, man. Um, You've definitely been an inspiration because, uh, you know, since we got together, I've been watching your movement and, you know, now it's, you know, definitely, uh, I've seen a lot more about it being health and fitness. You know, what's, you know, I, I want you to talk about your experience and your journey in that, if you don't mind. Man, it was always a, you know, it was always a battle, man. It was, it was a battle for me from, from the time I was a teenager, and and, you know, um, it just really took to, uh, you know, get 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 focused in on it long enough for, to see results. Once you start to see results, yeah. it becomes addicting. You know what I mean? And so, um. Sometimes you know the clouds come with a silver lining, man. That 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 pandemic hit. We was we was quarantined. We couldn't. Mm -hmm. do I was like, oh shit, you know what I mean? Like I know me, I could blow up right now. I was already like two ninety, mm. five ninety. You know what I mean? And so I was like, hmm, I gotta, you know, I gotta make, I gotta, you know, I gotta, gotta get fuck, it in. I gotta focus in and, and figure out a way. And so I just started just doing something every day. Just started, you know, at least do something every day, you know what I mean, and, and, and keep that going. And then that one thing just led to another, man. You, you know, one thing about, um, you know, setting your intentions, man. Once you really want to do something, the yeah. universe will start align, start lining it up for you. You know what Thank I mean? You. I, I knew this one brother. You know what I'm saying? Um, shout out to my guy Giovanni, man. Giovanni Christian, man. He super in shape and all of that. He saw me. He saw me getting to it. He saw me staying consistent. He was like, yo, when you ready, come to the gym with us. You know what I mean? And get it in. Yeah. And so I'm real, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit of a loner. I don't really like, you know what I mean, being around too many people, you know what I'm saying, right. that I know and I'm familiar with, you know. And so I was a little reluctant, but I had the desire, you know what I'm saying? I seen he was on his shit, you know what I mean? And so I went to the, I went to the gym one day, and, and it was just something about, you know, um, get to it it was a gym that was open during quarantine a lot of gyms closed down but right. this was like on some rebel shit like we staying open and right. so the outside part you know what i mean and another thing that was great i was out in california i could be outdoors a you lot be more. outside yeah 
some other people. And so, you know, I just started going every day, man. And, and, and like I said, once I started to see slowly but surely the results was coming, you know what I mean? I, I got addicted and then the shit just started coming off like boom, boom, boom. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's still a battle every day, you know what I mean? Because I still got goals. I still got, you know, you never really, you know, um, want to get too satisfied. You want to have something that's pushing you and motivating you every day. And so this is one of the things that, you know, that do it for me now. Man, um, yo, Edie, man, you, you, you've been a, a, a huge inspiration since, you know, the mid-90s, you know, all the way till now, you know, from the music all the way now to even health and fitness, you know what I'm saying? Um, I, you know, I understand we spoke and I told you I wanted to take this uh, interview a different way and, you know, not be the usual norm where you always ask the same surface questions over and over again. Um, I hope uh, I hope I accomplished that tonight. Nah, you did, man. And um, you know, I, I definitely want to thank you, Legend, for uh, you know, being a part of chopping it up, you know, with the Conduit podcast. And I thank you for going live with me. But you know, more importantly, I want to thank you for the contribution you have gave to our culture. Man, the pleasure has truly been all mine, man. You know, what I mean, it's been my dream since I was a, since I was a little kid, man. So yeah. everything is is a blessing for me, man. You know. Right. And I appreciate you having me, man. Thank you. Great job. The interview was 100. You know Thank what I mean? Thank you. you. I appreciate that. that. I accomplish. Thank you, man. So um, it, it, before we bounce, you know, is there anything you want to tell the people that, you know, you got coming, you know, how they can get in touch with you? You know, whatever you want to shout out, just let them know right now, bro. Man, I'm super excited about this project that I just wrapped up with Young T.O., man, from SOBRBE, the group SOBRBE. They uh they disbanded a couple years back. He's now solo. You know what okay. I mean? He brought me in on the bar to help him out, you know what I mean, with his career. And he's like, you know, um, he's a direct, he's a direct line and I and I, you know, on our tree. You know what I mean? He, he yeah. grew up music influenced by it, but he's he coming with his own style and, and, and his own flavor. So we got a whole project together called Soldiers the Generals, man. We're going to put the young generation and the OGs together because we need more of that. And yeah. we put on one, one album, man. The, the whole thing is, is is phenomenal. All slaps, no skips. So I'm super excited about that. We're going to drop that real soon. The first don't stop be hitting y'all very soon. Look out for that. Um. And then, you know, me and Noble is definitely working on some things in, in, in the metaverse coming soon. Be on the lookout for our NFTs and all of that coming. Okay. That'll be coming too. And it's a, um, it's a, it's a, it's a very uh, comprehensive documentary going to drop later in the fall on uh, a Fanny Shakur and Tupac that I want y'all to be on the lookout for that I'm a part of as well. Oh, man. Uh, the epic I done by Hughes from the Hughes brothers. Um, and so oh, yeah. that, so you know, if you haven't been out here to LA to the Wake Me When I'm Free exhibit, you need to come out here. You know, go to that, check that out. Con continue to bump Tupac music. Con continue to support him and lift him up and keep him high. You know what I mean? Like y'all, like I know the real Tupac fans will and always do. Indeed, indeed, man, Eddie. I mean, uh, thank you again, man. You enjoy the rest of your evening. Again, thank you for joining us, man. And, and again, you know, if there's anything you need, you know, whatever I can do on my side, you, you already know I'm there for you, man. Uh, I appreciate your support and for, you know, even me, you know, having me be a part of the circle. So it's always love, bro. And we definitely got work to do. Indeed.
All right. All right, man. You have a good one. All right, you too, bro. All right, peace, peace, everybody. All right. All right, y'all. That was the legend, Edi the Dawn, Edi Amin of Two Pops, the Outlaws. Um, that was episode three. We're in season four. Um, I'd like to thank everybody for, you know, joining us tonight. You could have been anywhere else, but you decided to be here with us. Like I said, we're in our fourth season. Um, catch us on Spotify, you know, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Audio Mac, and we're on podcast on Vivo. If you would like to you know, watch this over again. Um, shout out to our sponsors. Of course, shout out to my tribe. Again, um, you know, y'all be good to each other. You know, make sure y'all go out there and support what EDI got going on. You know, they've been out here giving us music since the 90s. And, um, you know, they're forever, you know, adapting to, you know, to the chains of music and giving us, you know, good stuff that's good for our soul. So, again, um, thanks again for joining. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be back soon. All right, y'all, man. We out. Peace. You got treat trap out your house. Her loyalty bought designer. Won't renew your lease. Now you got a mansion and trying to watch. I never dream. My first name with fiends. Dated five bank tellers. The